let me call this meeting order. We're going to probably have members coming in and out because we had education going on downstairs, and I just left that meeting to come up here. We've got a uh, confirmation. Uh, first, uh, if we could get uh, Howard Wright to come forward. All right. If you could just have a seat. If I could get you to raise your right hand. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? So help you God. Yes, sir. All right. Let's see here. Go ahead. I have a series of questions I'm going to ask you. A series of questions I'm going to ask you, and I'll give you an opportunity to answer for each one. Um, first, do you or any member of your family own or operate any business which contracts with state or federal governments? No, sir. Number two, do you or any member of your family own or operate any business that receives state or federal funds? No, sir. Number three, have you ever been arrested, charged, or held by federal, state, or other law enforcement authorities for violation of the law, regulation, or ordinance? No, sir. Number four, have you, to your knowledge, ever been under federal, state, or local investigation for possible violation of, an, a, criminal, of a criminal statute? If so, explain. No, sir. Number five, has a tax lien or collection procedure ever been instituted against you personally by federal, state, or local authorities? No, sir. Number six, have you ever been disciplined or cited for a breach of ethics or unprofessional conduct by any court, agency, association, or professional group? No, sir. <clears throat> Number seven, are you now or have you ever been employed as a lobbyist or acted in the capacity of a lobbyist principal? No, sir. Number eight, <clears throat> do you know any of any reason you would have difficulty performing the duties of this position? I do not. Number nine, briefly tell us about yourself, and this is the final question, and explain why you want to serve in this position. It's an honor to uh, serve on this board. Uh, I've absolutely learned a lot. I think I've given a lot to the board. Uh, giving back to the <coughs> citizens of this state is, is an excellent opportunity to do that. Uh, I'm from Rock Hill, South Carolina. I'm a Citadel grad, class 84, and I've lived in the state most of my adult life. All right, uh, any questions? Um, I. I Wright, Howard Wright is a, is a friend of mine, uh, well thought of in our community, has been on this board already and, and, and played an important part on this board. Uh, and at uh, uh, appropriate time, I would certainly be honored uh, uh, after any questions that may come up to, to uh, move, uh, uh, you know, his uh, adopting the resolution to, to move him forward to the full Senate. Any, other, any questions? And I'll make that motion. Is there a second? Mr. Chairman, I'll second your motion for a favorable. All right. There's a motion and a second. Uh, any objection? You're, you're good to go. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Howard. Appreciate your service. All right. Next, we've got two bills. Uh, first bill up is House Bill 4817 under tab 2. 4817 has been requested by the Department of Insurance. It has a number of provisions. It's actually, it's a cleanup bill. First, it requires that licensees provide an email address to the department. The goal of that is to allow the department to communicate more effectively with, with licensees more quickly in a more timely fashion. The second thing is it removes a technologically obsolete requirement that out-of-state brokers must provide an affidavit that they are licensed in another state. That can be done electronically at this point, so there's no need for that paperwork. Um, the next provision is that it, it eliminates the requirement that an application for insurance, if it's going to go to the surplus market, must be stamped on the face that it's certain disclosures about the surplus market. At the application phase, they don't know whether it's going to go to the surplus market or the admitted market. So 
that's not something that they would they would be able to do at this point. So we're catching up to really the 21st century uh, approaches to, to insurance applications. Um, the final provision is that it requires that producers must provide a set of fingerprints and undergo a SLED and fed federal background check. The cost is borne by the licensee. There was some discussion at the subcommittee level about whether someone was previously licensed through FINRA or something else that they would not be required to provide this. Uh, the Department of Insurance has done some background research and they're really, they can't sort out a way that, um, that they would be able to get access to this information. And if you simply accepted FINRA accreditation as, as adequate, that doesn't really overlay exactly with Department of Insurance requirements in the South Carolina statutes. Um, and so there was some talk of maybe amending the last portion and I think that's not gonna be something that would work or be effective. Thank you. Uh, Subcommittee Chair? Yes, Mr. Chairman, thank you. And uh, Dr. Gilbert, I didn't hear you read that amendment that the Department of Insurance had related to Blue Cross Blue Shield. Did you have that? Actually, I was just checking to see how well the audience was listening. <laughs> he was playing on his computer back there, so I just thought I'd, I'd get his dander up a little bit. No, Mr. Uh -huh. Mr. Chairman, uh, the, only, the only discussion we had uh, was by um, Senator Bennett, and he was concerned there are some agencies that already require fingerprinting, and he was wanting to know if we could do a crossover. But uh, the commissioner says they've already checked and they haven't figured out any way to do it yet, but he assured me that if we did pass this bill on out to the uh, full body, that they would continue working on any expeditious means whereby people wouldn't have to be fingerprinted, you know, two or three different times and all, and it wouldn't be a burden on people who are, are requesting these licenses. So with his assurance, uh, I think the com committee would certainly move favorable to the uh, full body. Thank you. There's a motion. Is there a second? Second. second. Uh, any discussion? Uh, well, I noticed the author of this bill is Representative Gambrell, um, who soon hopefully be Senator Gambrell, um, and I, I've got to figure out how to get him on banking and insurance. Uh, <laughs> now we better move it on out. Uh, all right. There's a motion and a second. Uh, is there any objection? Hearing none, we'll go forward. Thank you. All right, next is uh, House Bill 4931. 4931 deals with continuing education for bondsmen. The bill increases the initial education requirement from 20 hours to 30 hours and the continuing education requirement from six hours to eight hours. Uh, as written currently, it also requires that new licensees have an office that's accessible during normal business hours. This is something that was requested by the industry. It's not something the Department of Insurance has, has pushed for, but the industry felt like this would um, help raised level of professionalism. Um, and as I mentioned, it raises it from 20 to 30 hours. There are a couple spots where in the drafting process they missed a couple 20s. And so the subcommittee amended it to make sure that it's consistent. So in both cases, it is it reads 30 hours, not 20 hours. Um, since the subcommittee, I've also had a couple discussions um, with some folks about that provision that the office requirement only applies to new licensees. Um, that would exempt everybody who currently is a bail bondsman. There were some questions about whether that created a barrier to entry, whether that was fundamentally fair. Uh, and so you have some language on the extra sheet, and I didn't include it on the summary because it's not something the subcommittee produced. Uh, it's something I produced um, as part of those conversations for you to, for your consideration. And what it would do is it would 
have this wording. It would say a bondsman, owner, operator, licensed or renewed after June 30th, 2017 also shall maintain. So everyone has to do it, but the effective date would be after the next license cycle. Um, if you made it after the effective date, then people would have to scramble to get an office very quickly. If you made it after the next license renewal, they would have till June 30th. Um, and so that would be, that could be a problem for, for folks to find a suitable office. There's no reason that they can't necessarily use their home. It just has to be properly zoned. So if they live in a subdivision where that's not permitted, they would need to get an office. Uh, but the, the, um, the proposed language that I'm putting before you would make it fair to everybody uh, in terms of having to have an office. Subcommittee Chair. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. And um, Mr. Chairman, one of the main things in this bill was the fact that the bondsmen have to have an office. They can't operate out of like the automobile or whatever. They've got to have a hard location. And the other thing is, is I talked to uh, the industry, Mr. Darrell Ogburn said that uh, that the amendment's okay that we have there. So um, if any of you get any calls from your bondsmen, tell them Darrell said it was okay. <laughs> and move favorable, Mr. Chairman, right. as amended, as amended. Or, or on the amendment first. Okay. All right. There's a motion to accept uh, the uh, both amendments, the, uh, the subcommittee amendment and the one that's being proposed today. All right. Is there a second? Second. Any discussion? All right, all in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Ayes have it. Next, uh, yes. Mr. Chairman, move favorable on the bill as amended. Yep. Uh, is there a second? And we'll get to discussion. Is there a second, second on that? Second. Okay, second. Go ahead, Senator. Thank you. Just briefly, so so after this, then we're going to 30 hours of, it's not, is that continuing yes. education or just 30 yes. hours, period? It's 30 hours initially to get licensed, and then Good eight one. hours continuing versus six hours continuing. Okay, that's fine. Thank you. Okay. All right. So there's a motion to uh, pass the bill as amended. Senator from uh, uh, Marion. Yeah, on the part about establishing an office, do we have a lot of bondsmen, apparently, that are working out of their automobiles that don't have an established uh, office. Um, More direct that to the subcommittee chair. Did, did you have any testimony Mr. on Chairman, that? Mr. Chairman, I don't think we we asked that, but maybe maybe uh, Mr. Ogburn can Darryl, give you us come an forward. answer on that. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I am Darrell Ogburn. I am a lobbyist for the Bell Agents Association. Uh, I, I don't have evidence that can tell you that. Anecdotally, uh, there is a lot of people within the industry that say there's many people out there that operate out of the trunk of their car. Uh, they will meet their clients at, at the Walmart shopping center uh, or, or wherever, uh, at the coffee shop or wherever. Uh, and we don't think that's a – department may have may, – may know more about that than I do, but I can't tell you that, yes, that's true. I'm just telling you that anecdotally that's what we've been, I've been told. Enough to um, uh, have this uh, in a bill. We have – we have no desire to be uh, overbearing on anybody. Uh, we just think that to be a professional bail bondsman, you ought to have a, a, a professional location that clients can come to, uh, that the Department of Insurance can come to when they have to come examine your records. We just, we're just trying to add more professionalism to our industry. And I agree. I, I, I think they should have an established office um, uh, as opposed to this basically working out of the trunk of your car or whatever, you know. Um, raise some concerns. 
Let me, let me follow up on that. Uh, maybe with the commissioner, uh, on other professional groups that come under uh, the Department of Insurance, <laughs> is that a fairly common practice to have to have a physical location for an office? But for like insurance agents and things of this sort, please come forward. Yes, sir, it is. Um, we're all for increasing professionalism in any of our licensees, bail agents in, in included. Um, however, we haven't had a lot of complaints in, in this area, but uh, it would be easier for uh, clients to find somebody, for us to find somebody. Um, so we, we would be in favor of it. It's, um, you know, although we haven't had a large number of complaints about um, people working out of the trunks of the car. All right. Thank you. Any, any questions? All right. Thank you. All right. There's a motion for favorable uh, as amended and seconded. Uh, any, any further discussion? All right. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Ayes have it. Anything further? We stand adjourned. Thank you.